The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to open up the hollowed halls of leadership. It's time to figure out what the secrets are to being a successful leader and running a successful organization. It's time for VoltCast, Illuminating Leadership. Your host is Jeff Smith, an executive coach and business leader who has over two decades of forward-thinking executive leadership as a human resources and operations professional. Now, Jeff and his guest experts are ready to share their tips and studies with you. Now, here is Jeff Smith. Welcome. Boy, it's a great day. So happy that you could be with us on Illuminating Leadership today. We've got a great show in store for you. We have been covering in the past weeks everything from culture to speaking with John Hagmar last week about how do you uh, lead a company. He actually sold it, built it up. Today's topic is going to be about coaching and developing serving leaders. We're going to talk about what a serving leader is, how do we go about developing them, coaching them up, or some tools and tips, and heck, what is a serving leader? This is a program that uh, I've been associated with and been able to do all around the world. And our guest today will be Cara Wilson. I'll introduce Cara here in a moment, moment, but we have gone and facilitated this in many places. And so we're going to share our lessons learned with you. So if you've been with us in the past weeks, you may sound may sound like I've got a bit of cold. I do. Doesn't mean that it's not still a wonderful time of the year. It just means that uh, all those leaves and change of weather has uh, brought a little gravelly to my voice. So uh, stick with me, and I'll make sure that we get some uh, great highlights in for you today. So I really appreciate everyone that's been reaching out with emails and phone calls. So let me give you that. So again, I'm Jeff Smith, and this is Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Our website is www.voltageleadership.com. You can reach us during the program on email at jeff at voltageleadership.com. By phone is 1-866-472-5788. You can follow me on LinkedIn at Jeff Smith Voltage Leadership Consultant. Follow me on Twitter at JMU Jeff. And like me on Facebook at Voltage Leadership. So we are really happy that you're here with us today. And let me go ahead and introduce uh, Cara Wilson. Cara, are you out there? Can we hear your voice? I'm here. Good morning, friend. All right, Cara. Well, we'll talk about that in a second and uh, some of our trials and tribulations and uh, some things that have happened to us over time. So Cara Wilson has got a uh, BS and an MA degree. She's currently an internal management coach for Tableau Software in Seattle. Her passion is really to help leaders figure out how to leverage their strengths and identify barriers to success. She has over 20 years of experience coaching teams from diverse backgrounds and industries, from construction workers in a small business to physician leaders at a world-class organization called Cleveland Clinic. At Tableau, Tableau, she works with managers in a 12-month cohort learning experience. More importantly, she's just an outright awesome person. I have traveled the world with Cara. She has done things like Outward Bound Wilderness Adventure. She's been a professional ski instructor. She's even used dynamite on mountains and things. So she's got this varied and awesome background. Cara, it is so great to have you with us today. Thank you, Jeff. It's great to be with you, always. Well, and the backstory is Cara was just jumping on and Skype decided not to work for her. Regular phone was not working. The reason I was just laughing is that uh, Cara and I used to get up before like 4 a.m., 5 a.m. meetings with our friends over in Abu Dhabi with uh, the Cleveland Clinic. And we'd often be up at 4, 5 in the morning trying to work out software, work out our uh, phone calls. And so it just brought us back to a time where we were dancing around a little bit crazy, right, Cara? Yeah, I actually don't think it would have been normal not to have had some kind of technical glitch, so... All feels right with the world, actually. Well, I'm glad that we can set you up that way. Uh, Carl, I just want to give a <laughs> shout out to a couple of our friends this week that I think are listening and um, just say hi to like folks like Susan Ward, who uh, we partnered with. Uh, she's out in Thailand. Uh, Fahim Khan, who we, we coached in our program. He reached out and said, good luck. Zaid Ardhal, uh, my birthday buddy is in the UAE, but moving back to Cleveland, and Becky Caputo, and Chris Bamford, and Magic Cliff, they all said, uh, good luck, knock them dead, and uh, so thanks for uh, from people from all around the world for weighing in. And so, um, let's jump into this topic about serving leader. You know, I, I'm just curious, um, Carl, what got you involved maybe in coaching, and even caring about like leadership development first, and then we'll kind of make our way into serving leader. So, why 
executive coaching and management development, things like that? Yeah. Well, you know, I got to say it started with 14 summers working at a summer camp on mm. uh, in the San Juan Islands in Washington and working with groups and being really curious about human behavior. And as I got older and it got a little less socially acceptable to be a summer camp counselor and uh, be pretty broke all the time. I got curious <laughs> about how to translate what I was learning into other um, into other forums, in, into like the quote-unquote grown-up world. So um, super, super curious about human behavior and how we can make ourselves more effective in getting the results that we're looking for, getting that relationships that we're looking for. That's really cool. You know, I think we all kind of find our own way into it. Not everyone has, uh, you know, spent 14 years trying to regain their youth and retain it. And, uh, you know, I I think that you will have some great lessons even from there that you can share with us. So, you know, Cara, you know, I've gotten the, the ability to to go from, you know, Cleveland main campus. I know you've gone to Toronto and, and Abu Dhabi and, and lots of other places to, to lead serving leaders. So when I say the word serving leader, you know, maybe can you give us sort of a working definition of how you define that? Yeah, I think, so I think my definition of serving or servant leadership is the type of leadership that leaves people in a better place than they started. It's the kind of leadership where as a leader, I get my ego out of the way and I really work to be of service to those that that I'm leading. I think a lot about one thing we used to talk about at the clinic was what is the wake that we leave behind us when we're a leader and that we all, we've all probably unfortunately worked for leaders who leave not a great wake behind them and then we've hopefully also gotten to work for leaders that, that leave a pretty amazing wake. And so servant leadership I think really looks to pay attention to what is that wake that you're leaving behind you. Mm. One of my favorite, um, just one of my, a quote that I love from Eisenhower, it's it's maybe about the opposite of servant leadership, but I love, he (laughs) says, you don't lead by hitting people over the head. That's assault, not leadership. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, I think that's, I think it's a great, great working definition. You know, for me, it's um, all of what you've said. And, you know, I think it's a um, general curiosity about yeah. how do you make the the team, the world, the organization a better place, and that yeah. you're really you're really not trying to cram your ideas. You know, I, I have this picture of like sometimes other types of leaders want to pop open someone's head and pour all their information in and say, "Now go do it the way I did it." You know, and right. I think it's uh, a serving leader is often curious and wants to be able to find the best in the person that they're trying to lead and the team they're trying to lead. And they're going to flex their style to the need of the people that are on their team. Does that sound about right yeah. to you? Yeah, I love it. I love it. And it's, it's, it's really about leveraging everything that is, it's about leveraging all the brains that you've got going for you and not assuming that, uh, that you're the, the top or the pinnacle of what's happening, but figuring out all kinds of ways to involve and grow your people. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, one of the things that uh, is maybe a myth out there that, that I want to have a discussion about here, um, serving leader, servant leadership, you know, we're going to kind of interchange those terms throughout. Um, is that soft? You know, I, I, sometimes you hear people say, well, that sounds like it's kind of, you know, foo-foo or, or soft leadership. What's your opinion on whether serving leadership is a, is a soft type of leadership? Yeah, I, you know, I would say I, I definitely hear that question a lot, and I think it's not soft. It's about being explicit about around what you're doing. And it's around being able to balance getting results with having great relationships. It's about being versatile and, and balanced. And it doesn't mean that you're not directive when it's needed. It means that you're making really conscious choices about when and how you're going to lead. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's interesting. I know we may uh, hit some uh, polarity thinking there, but, you know, even in your description, you hit some some things where it's like a, an and. It's not either or. There's results and relationships, right? There's this yeah. versatile, there's versatility and there's accountability. There's process and there's uh, innovation. 
you know, and so for me, it's, um, you know, I think that's a, a great running start. I often get it, though, that people think, oh, we're talking soft stuff and all that. And, and I really, I picture some of the leaders that we've had the, the challenge and the ability to, to work with, you know, someone like, uh, you know, Jose Lopez in uh, the emergency department uh, for Cleveland Clinic Abu Dhabi. You know, this is a guy that runs a massive emergency department. And he has to make a lot of hard decisions each day and dictate and go in this way. But then at the end of the shift, he's also taking time to do recognition as well as ask for feedback. What could have gone better today? You know, and that ability to make hard decisions, give feedback, and also be open to feedback, I think is one of the hallmarks of a serving leader. Yeah, I love that. That's a great working definition. Yeah, good. Well, you know, I think uh, for the audience, what we're going to try to do is break this down a little bit further. We're going to go into some ideas about um, what have we done to both coach and develop these leaders? Sort of peel back the onion a little bit about some of the ideas that Carr and I have about creating serving leadership within your organization, but also how can you, as a leader, start to develop yourself and be able to grow yourself. So what we'll do is we're going to get ready to take a break. And after the break, Carr and I will come back and we'll start to share some of the lessons that we learned while teaching the program and hoping that you'll be able to take a few tips from this section. So we'll be right back in two minutes right after this break. Thanks. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You've heard of good things coming in packages. Well, maybe there's a little more to that saying. But when you think about it, packaging is one of the most important things that can represent your business. Tune into Ditch the Box with host David Marinak. Each week, we'll discuss flexible packaging, marketing, sales, and how it all comes together in one container. Lower costs, increased margins. Listen to the show. It might just save you a ton. Ditch the Box is heard live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Tired of wasting time and spending marketing money with little results? Are you looking for more leads, clients, and revenue in your business with predictable results? Tune in to Mojo My Business with the team behind Mojo Global, Ira Rosen, and Corey Michael Sanchez. Our program will showcase proven expert solutions that have helped countless businesses outsell the competition and gain massive market share. Mojo My Business can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now, back to VoltCast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back, and thanks for being with us today. I've got Carl Wilson on the line. She's an internal management coach for Tableau Software in Seattle and has previously worked at the Cleveland Clinic, where she and I have met and did work together on the Serving Leader Program. So today we've been talking about, so far, what serving leaders are, what serving leadership means, um, debunking a few of the myths. And so, um, Cara, one of the things I would like to sort of talk about is, you know, if I'm interested in how to do this and maybe bring it into my culture, you know, where would you start? What are some suggestions you might have for me to even learn a little bit more about this? And then what should I start to, to do to become more of a serving leader? Yeah, well, there are, there's lots of reading out there around the concept of servant leadership. And I would say... Um, there are all kinds of little mini skill sets that are super, that are helpful in starting to develop the kind of thinking that we're talking about. One of the most, I was just doing a little doodling this morning thinking about 
things that that I find really helpful in doing my work. And one is just making sure that you're focused on an outcome that you want in your work, whether it's I want to be this kind of leader or whether it's I want to help my team move to X. But being able to cultivate what we sometimes call asset-based thinking, which is thinking about the things that are working and that we can leverage to get us somewhere we want versus thinking about a problem. What I notice with lots of the groups that I work with is that when we're focused on a problem and what's wrong, our brains are not super creative in terms of solving problems. They're not uh, visualizing where it is that we want to go. So I think a great question to start with, regardless of your goal, is what's the outcome that I'm looking for? What are you talking about, Willis? I was over here having all kinds of problems. No, no, I'm just kidding. You know, for some of those uh, (laughs) Americans, they might recognize that from an old sitcom way back in the day. But, you know, I think you're right. Uh, That was the first thing I wrote down, Carr. So uh, in my own notes to cover was desired outcomes. What is it that you want? What is your desired outcome? And it's really shifting, again, that asset-based thinking is what we're aiming for versus the deficit. And so many of the people I work with, they they walk through this world sort of in this deficit-based thinking like, boy, the world's doing things to me, or I can't believe what's happened. And, you know, we're getting ready for Thanksgiving here in the U.S. And, you know, this should be a time of gratitude. And there's all these people saying, oh, I got to go see my family. Oh, it stinks. And it's like, hold on, you're in control. What is it you're trying to get out of this next four days off? Or, you know, what memory can you create? And so I really do think, I love it. What's your desired outcome? And what are you trying to get out of this? So that's a great start. You know, I know that- uh, Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, please, it's you. I think, I, I think, you know, what I'm kind of learning about how our brains work is that as humans, we are really good at being critical and mm-hmm. we kind of got that muscle down and it doesn't mean that we can't talk about those things. It means that we might need to work a little harder to balance that other muscle. And I can remember being in school and learning about, um, theories like appreciative inquiry, which have to do with going into an organization and figuring out what's working so that you can leverage it. And I remember the first time I heard it thinking, that's just a load of crap. Like, that's <laughs> not going to work. If we can't talk about what's not working, this is, then this is all just pie in the sky thinking. And I would say it took, it took a number of years for me to mature in my thinking a little bit and to realize, no, we still get to talk about what the problems are. We just don't lead with that. That's not the first thing that we talk about. The first thing we talk about we want and what we're striving toward. Yeah, you know, I've changed how I run my meetings and um, how I run when I facilitate. You know, I really start from a spot of, um, in fact, I've got a couple hour session this afternoon with a Carilion Clinic um, at the end of the day. And the first thing I'm going to be asking about, tell me about the last two month, two weeks since we've been together Tell me about the things that went well. And then what are your desired outcomes for our two-hour time slot together today? And I find that, you know, then I'll ask them, what are your ahas? What are your takeaways? They're like, wow, we've done a lot of really great things. And the mood yeah. is wonderful. And it's not that we're not going to get to uh, the really hard things and what we're missing on. But to your point, we already know to bring that into the conversation. It's flexing that other muscle called, hey, what's going right? And how do we recognize each other for what went right? Yeah. 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 That's a big one. It's been a long journey for me personally, I think. Well, you know, truthfully, um, you know, some more information about this. Uh, really good work comes from the power of TED um, with Dave Emerald. And we talked about this with Lee Hubert a few weeks ago on there. So if you want to go back and listen to it or pick up that book, they've got a lot of good, really good tips. Uh, speaking of Lee, he sent in an um, uh, email to us. And so I want to just ask him, ask this question because I thought it was a pretty good question. Um, so, Cara, what do we say to those leaders who say, Wow, this sounds good, but we live in the real world, and this probably would not work here, right? So even there, there's a little bit of like, oh, yeah, it sounds good, but you, know, you don't know our place. Oh, my gosh, you should come see it, right? Yeah. Well, my first, my first response in my head to that is, oh, we've got another case of terminal uniqueness where everybody, <laughs> thinks, everybody thinks that their, their organization is so different that time-tested theory and practices wouldn't work. That's probably not what I would lead with, but that might be the first thing that I would think. The the thing I would uh, probably go to is, well, let's think of something that's real for you right now and let's work on it and let's, let's see. Don't take my word for it. Let's actually try it. Are you willing to try it? If, you, if we came up with something that was actually getting you towards your outcomes, 
would you be up for it? Yeah, and you know, I don't mind the people who are actually a little skeptical. Um, yeah. I get that. There, there, there's a lot of um, flavor of the month, and you know, <laughs> you, we've had long enough careers where. You know, we've done everything from re-engineering to customer service excellence to, uh, you know, you name it. And and Lean Six Sigma, they're all great things. But if you become too much of a zealot about any of these, you know, people start to kind of roll their eyes and, and really wonder. You know, so I do think that uh, understanding it and, and taking a step back and saying, okay, don't look at this as a management fad. Look at saying, okay, I'm a good leader, but what could I add to my toolkit that will help me get maybe even better and be able to connect and engage with my employees? You know, does that sound like yeah. reasonable advice? <laughs> it does. And, you know, the, there are these um, guys that I work with here at Tableau. They're Agile coaches. And I have – Agile is a certain methodology that they use to develop software. I didn't know that 10, minutes, 10 months ago. but <laughs> So they exist just to coach software developers around the processes that they're using. And one thing I have learned from them that I really appreciate is this idea of designing experiments. So you're skeptical about something, but you're also – dissatisfied in some way with the current state. So what's an experiment that we could design that might be able to test something out? And it's so it's like a low risk, short term, you know, time constrained experiment. And I just I love that idea of let's design an experiment. Mm-hmm. Let's try it. Yeah, I think that's great. And <clears throat> I was probably similar. I did get to work with some agile coaches, you know, here and I'm a similar. I, I love the work. I like this experiment idea. So one of my clients that, I, that I'm working with, you know, they had their healthy skepticism. If we we're sort of to go back and think about their disk assessment, they're a strong C. They're going to be calculating, not 100% sure they're going to buy in. And then you might have got to talk to people. I'd really rather just send an email and get this stuff handled. And so what I had this person do was, I said, great, let's just try a different way. Let's just go to your next staff meeting and start the meeting with what went well, what are the desired outcomes, and then what I want you to do is I want you to find five people in that room to appreciate and give them specific feedback on what they've done well. And he was like, oh, my gosh. Like, you know, that was like asking him to jump 20 feet in the air. I know. But he did it. Yeah. And he came, he came back and said, wow, there's just a different mood and vibe. And when it came time to really tackle into the problems and to start to say, okay, why are we missing on X, Y, or Z metric? What he said was there was a there was a lack of defensiveness. There was this... Somehow we built a bridge to each other, and we weren't nearly beating up each other as much. And that's been the norm in that meeting, was what he had said. Yeah, I love that. And it, I think it speaks to building um, psychological capital with each other, right? If you mm-hmm. and I are, if we have a history of calling out the things that we see that we appreciated each other, then when it becomes time for us to have a hard conversation, we are much more likely to have something to draw from. And, and uh, keeping that emotional bank account, you know, Stephen Covey talks about the emotional bank account, and I think is a, it's a super simple and, um, and it's a tough thing to do. We have to actually pay attention to doing it. Yeah. Yeah, so one of the questions I, I got is that, um, you know, when we sometimes, we, we sometimes think about opposite thinking. So if serving leaders may be co-creating and engaging the team, Often, you know, people think that command and control is the opposite. And does that make command and control bad? You know, what would be your, your thinking on that? I've got some thoughts, but I'm curious about, you know, if serving leader is sort of seems like a good thing to run to, is command and control bad? I don't think so. No, I think the circumstances dictate what kind of leadership is needed. If, <laughs> if you and I are in a burning building, I don't really want to try to get everybody to sit down and have a go around to say, what do you guys think we should be doing? Right? It's it. That would be a situation where somebody taking charge and being really directive is the best decision. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it really comes down to being situational. Yeah, I think that's great. I, we, we're aligned. Um, I'm thinking back to our mutual friend Jose Lopez. Um, you know, so he runs an emergency room department. You know, if I come in with a you know a busted up leg and I'm ble- bleeding. I don't want a, you know, what we're calling here a round where each person gets up to like a minute to discuss the ideas. You know, I don't really want them taking 15 minutes to say, well, what's the best process? I want them to triage me, to treat me, and uh, to make that go really well. So I think that's an example where having a clear voice, take control, and go do it is absolutely effective. Now, here's what we might suggest. One of the tools that we would have is something called an after-action review. 
And so maybe at the end of the shift or end of the week, maybe that emergency room department can come together with some key people and review, hey, what went right this week? Where would we like to improve? Do we hit our desired outcomes or not? And if not, what can we do to do better next week? You know, that seems to be like a good combination. Hey, we handled the, the crisis, but we also are looking for better ways to improve. That seemed to, you know, to jive with you? Yeah, absolutely. Anything that, anything that uh, encourages a team or a group to be able to have a conversation about how they're doing, that's, mm-hmm. that's building a learning culture. So it's helping to build the kind of culture where we talk about all kinds of things. We don't only talk about the things that are good. and We don't only talk about the things that are bad. We talk about everything so that we can actually continuously up our game with each other. Yeah, you know, another one that I think is in there um, is this decision-making. So, you know, a couple things that uh, I'd like to hit on. Uh, we're getting ready to come up against break, so I won't start into a new topic. But uh, maybe, um, Cara, for you to be thinking about during break is some clear decision-making. Like, how do we go about aligning that? And then maybe that dreaded team meeting. You know, are there some tools and tips that we can start to incorporate into team meetings? Because I know that's often, you know, one of the, the, the places where there's a lot of drama and uh, we, we end up with, with challenges, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Great. Well, Carl, I really, uh, I, it's been a great conversation so far. Um, we're about halfway through. So listeners out there, thanks for uh, already some of the questions that you've sent in. And thanks for being with us each and every week. So when we come back in two minutes, we'll continue this conversation around Serving Leader. See you in two. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. All around the outermost rim of the shield, he set the mighty stream of the river Oceanus, creating Achilles' shield in Homer's The Iliad, Book 18. Rachel Carson, in The Sea Around Us, said, All at last, return to the sea, to Oceanus, the ocean river, like the ever-flowing stream of time, the beginning and the end. Moyer's Environmental Dialogues with Dr. Rob Moyer offers lively dialogue and revealing narrative inquiry into how individuals are overcoming obstacles and creating a greener and blue planet Earth. Tune in Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back. I'm here today with Carl Wilson. We've been having an awesome conversation and reconnecting. It's just great to talk to my friend, Carr. So, uh, Carr, thanks again for being here. So, when we go through this program called Serving Leader, a lot of times people think it's all about uh, how they're going to get their team to be more effective. So, I want to talk about that in one second. But I also just want to let you know that often what people find as they've gone through this is how much better of a person they become. And so, as you start to work with these tools and you start to do the reading, I think what you find is that you're going to become a better listener, uh, better able to connect with people, as well as just able to see things from a different perspective. And I think the crux where this really comes into uh, to play is that team meeting where you've got all these personalities put into the same room together. And, you know, I, I can know that I've led team meetings, Carl, where I, I've got the person that I've labeled sort of like, you know, sidebar Sally, you know, the one that's always having that little talk on the side and like, what are they doing? And then there's, you know, negative uh, Ned over there that's always going to have some, he's going he's gonna to put some bad on my uh, idea. And then there's, you know, there's somebody that's outrageously optimistic. We got all these cast of characters. 
you know, so as you think about the team meeting, you know, what are some of the tools or tips that you might suggest for the for our listeners out there? Well, you know, the first one is one that I would say I was a skeptic about at the at the Cleveland Clinic when we started using it, and it's this idea of doing a a thinking round of going around the room, posing a question, and giving everybody a time box time to speak uninterrupted before anybody else speaks. And mm-hmm. it is pretty amazing what happens when you actually open up enough space for everybody to get to talk. You start to hear ideas from people who wouldn't talk otherwise. You offer a structure that kind of contains the people who would suck all the air out of the room and take all of the talking up. And it's this structure and framework that you can you can insert any kind of topic. And it teaches folks to slow their thinking down. Because usually when you're talking, I'm thinking about what it is that I want to say next or why you're wrong. And I'm not listening really at a deep level. I'm just listening and so that I can counteract what you're saying or agree or disagree. But doing these exercises around actually listening to everybody is its one of the most transformative things I have noticed in working with groups. Yeah, I'm picturing, um, and you'll remember this time, we, we talked about our strengths. It was probably about 18 months ago in Abu Dhabi. And at the beginning of the day, we did our first round, and Car uh, and I are co-facilitating. It was pretty quiet. We were a little nervous, and we had a whole mix of physicians to uh, you know, nursing administrators to other folks, and they did not know each other well. So it was very quiet. Well, by the end of the day, you could just feel how the room had just shifted because they had listened to each other and given each other attention. And I just know in this sort of caffeinated world and, and there's six emails coming in and all that, it's hard to slow down and listen. So I love that tool. You know, another one that I would just throw out there for folks is, you know, that the, the ability to sort of set a good agenda, but not have it so like concrete that you can't have space for creativity. And what I mean by that is um, asking people, what is their desired outcome? So maybe after you've listened to what's happening in the room is, okay, do we have a different desired outcome? Is there something else that we need to get get to? That really, to me, is about being a serving leader. You could come in with your agenda and go bit by bit by bit and get all the updates that you need and get out of there in a clean and crisp 57 minutes, but never have connected. And so I think if you're willing to take a moment and really see what's happening in the room, you may throw that whole agenda out, but you hit the most important topic. So maybe they're really concerned about there was a uh, layoff in another part of the business or you know, there was something that was a uh, you know, uh, uh, conflict on the team that needs to be processed. So I think it's also that ability to see what's happening in the team and asking questions and being curious that will also help you be effective. You agree with that, Car? Anything, anything else to add there? I do agree, and I think it's, this, it's a real interesting balance between structure and flexibility. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's coming good. into a meeting with a structure in mind, but knowing that you are have the ability to flex it based on the data that you're getting right there in the moment. And balancing those two, I think, uh, really leads to versatility in our leadership. Oh, Cara, that's such a good segue into our next topic. So I love <laughs> how you just did that. So one of the things that we, we're going to go welcome. talk about... Yeah, how do you rock the house? Um, is uh, this thing called polarity thinking? And you know, with all these tools, what what I would say about it is don't get overly hung up in titles. Just use the tool. So don't feel like you got to quote polarity thinking or asset based thinking. You know, this is hey, this seems like a good idea. How do we apply it? And so one of the things I heard just to wrap up on the on the team is be prepared for your team meeting. Spend some time being prepared, but also be open to some flexibility about what does the team need. And so that sounds like a polarity. Uh, you know, you, you want to kind of walk through your definition of a polarity and, and why you're so interested in it, Car? Yeah. Yeah, this is one of my favorite topics for sure. So I would define a, a polarity is a set of interdependent characteristics that are both needed over time for a successful or healthy human or team or organization. And it's this idea that, so let's take... Um, as a leader, we're often having to solve problems, and we're also all, often asked to be coaching other people to solve problems. And those two things, we need both of them. I can't be a leader who only solves problems for other people, and I can't be a leader who only coaches people to solve their own problems. I actually need to do both. And so a polarity are, are it's any set of two characteristics that are actually needed. And the real art comes in, when we realize that we usually privilege one over another. So maybe I actually 
really like to solve problems because it makes me feel important and helpful and like I'm taking care of people. And so I kind of overprivilege the problem-solving side and I underprivilege mm-hmm. the coaching side. Polarity yeah. is something that helps us recognize whichever muscle we might not be using and how to, how to dial one back and dial the other one up. I love that. You know, I think for some folks that are out there, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even picture this. I go even simpler. Inhale, exhale. <laughs> you know, we need yeah, both. Yeah. <laughs> In our world, we need inhale, we need to exhale. We also yeah. need, we need to be able Talking to be in listening. activity. Right. Talking and listening, right? And there's yeah. activity and there's rest. You know, and yeah. so in this really crazy world, I see a lot of our leaders that are all activity, activity, activity. And how can I cram one more thing in? And, you know, maybe at 1152 at night, I send off that one last email or text and get back up at 547. And what's the first thing I do? I check into something else. Whew. But if you don't rest, your team also gets sort of out of balance as well. So, so I love this polarity. You know, so um, help me understand, like on a polarity, do we tend to have a preference for like one pole or the other? Is that, is that how it works? That is how it works. Yeah, we, mm. have a, we usually have a, a strong preference for one. And so let's see, like if, for example, we talked about one conversation that was just in recently with a leader was about um, – how comfortable am I in my current role and then how I sometimes start to feel complacent and I'm not actually growing. So growth mm. and comfort, you, you don't want to be growing and doing a new thing every other second because our brains can't really handle that. But you also don't want to be complacent and super comfortable in what you're doing. So rec, being able to recognize, for this manager, it was recognizing, yeah, I sometimes hang out in comfort a lot longer than is helpful to me. So what would it look mm. like for me to bring that other side in? Yeah, so... And our tolerance, the, other, the one thing I might add on to that is that our tolerance for, for the thing that we privilege is, is usually pretty high. <laughs> so for me, like for me, I have a real strong, if we look at um, taking responsibility for things and letting other people what? take responsibility for things, <laughs> I know you, you might not know this about me, but I have a tendency to take on to take responsibility for more than even what's mine, right? And my tolerance mm-hmm. for doing that because I have such a strong value around it is really, really high. Yes, and having traveled uh, on plane flights of 12, 14, <laughs> 15 hours with Cara and watching her take responsibility for other people's like, oh my gosh, I think they set down their passport or they did this and she <laughs> helps pick that up just for others, you know? So um, yes, it's absolutely true. You know, so, I, I, you know, this is a pretty complex thought process. Um, yeah. What are some ways that maybe I can put it into to practical practice if I'm, you know, let's say I'm, uh, most of our listeners are, are leaders. You know, how do you recommend us putting this into practice? I think I understand the concept, but how do I actually use this tool? Yeah. Well, so one thing that I found useful, think about people that you're managing, people on your team who have a behavior that you might be interested in correcting. And... Think about it in terms of what's the strength that they're overusing. So mm-hmm. what is it they're, they're overdoing? Oh, they're overdoing talking and they're underdoing listening. And, it, and a really kind and gracious way that we can coach and work with others would be to say, hey, I know you have this really strong value around having your voice heard. And I think sometimes that leads to other people not having a chance to talk. So what if we worked on dialing up this other muscle around listening. I think it's a really kind way to offer people feedback. Was that directed at me? That that sound reasonably <laughs> close to home here. <laughs> yes. This well, is all just an intervention, actually. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. Uh, I'm sure that uh, Lee or Jennifer, Marissa, Beth, others are probably uh, <laughs> laughing as they listen to this and send us the feedback this way. So anyway, no, but I think, I think that's an awesome example of, uh, where this isn't, you know, serving leadership, servant leadership is not soft. This is about helping people identify and giving them honest feedback, but you're doing it in a way that they can hear it. You're not kind of hitting them over the head and saying, you got to change. This is noticing, hey, I see your preference. I see the way you like to do it. And then you send them over and say, what if we consider this other side? So I think this has been a fantastic tool for me and my coaching practice of having people to be able to get feedback and not get so defensive about it. How about for you when you're coaching? Is that a similar feeling? 
Oh yeah, this is one of my it's one of my favorite tools to use actually because you're not you're not telling somebody to stop what they're doing. You're just talking about dialing it back so that they actually get the results that they're looking for. It's interesting. Another one that I think about a lot is uh, and people talk about this in the Pacific Northwest that we're very that we're very polite. People call it Seattle nice. And so we have a high privilege for being kind and diplomatic and the the muscle that we underuse sometimes is having the conversations that are really important or conversations about that are harder to have. So that would be mm. a polarity, would be um, being kind and being honest, potentially. And so be, for leaders to be able to recognize, oh, you know, I worry more about being kind and I almost never think about being honest. Or the other mm. way around, oh, I'm brutally honest all the time and I'm never really thinking about Am I being kind and and cultivating a relationship? Well, we're going to wrap up there. In the South, uh, southern part of the United States, we as long as we say "bless your heart," we're allowed to talk about right. it any way we want to. You know, <laughs> so we, we we tend to have that same problem, not being quite so direct. But we're up against uh, a break here. So when we come back, uh, we will uh, pick up our talk on serving leadership. Uh, so thanks for being with us, and we'll talk to you in about two minutes. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back and thanks again for being here. This is Jeff Smith. I'm with uh, Carl Wilson, and we've been having an awesome conversation around lots of topics from serving leadership to polarity thinking. And we're going to sort of wrap up the show today with um, our next topic. It involves sort of an emerging trend. So this is, you know, we're illuminating leadership. What we're trying to bring you is some cutting-edge thoughts and thinking. And so there's this concept out there called ego development, vertical development that Carl and I have been studying. And we think would be really helpful for you to be able to hear it and to start to understand it a little bit. So I'm going to turn the floor over to Cara first. Let her give you a, a little sense of why she's intrigued by this and what she's seen out in the workplace. So, Cara, the floor is yours. Yeah. 
well, this is a this is a, a framework or some principles that that I actually learned about in my time at the clinic that I feel like have been some of the most impactful things I've learned since I uh, went to grad school, which is like in the last twenty years. And it's this idea that we have different we we face different kinds of challenges in our lives, and some of them they call maybe a technical challenge, which is like, oh, I don't use how to know how to use Excel, and we can solve it by going and taking a class. And the other kind of challenges are called adaptive challenges. And those are challenges where I'm really bumping up against my own thinking. I'm really kind of get, starting to get in my own way because maybe I'm not self-reflecting or maybe I don't have the ability to see things from multiple perspectives or maybe I, I don't, I'm not looking at things systemically. So this idea of vertical development is wrapped around how do we mature our own thinking in a way that helps us solve challenges in a unique and uh, more effective way. Wow, that's uh, that's that's rich. It's deep. You know, I love yeah. uh, I've loved this topic. It's helped me understand uh, and see the world just a little differently. And you start to see where people maybe get stuck in patterns, and they try to use the same tools over and over to get out. And so this adaptive thinking, you know, I, I think is a really great way of framing it. And and you kind of hit a ceiling and you can't figure out the way to get through this. Um, maybe a classic example is you're that technical expert that everyone has come to for a long time. And so the only way that you know how to really lead is you're always the answer guy, you know? And so you kind of get your self-worth from being the one that everyone comes to. But the problem now is that you manage a team of 12 people all of a sudden. And so you become the bottleneck. And so your only answer is to spend more time at work and being the answer guy. So how do I go about changing that, Cara? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, may, I might go back to our um, conversation about designing experiences mm. or, or getting real, starting to ask, hopefully that person has someone that's going to ask them some really great questions about what it is they're hoping to get, why that works for them. And I, I got to go back to polarities because that is... Uh, when we can help people see, so that might be an overused strength, right, is I'm a great mm-hmm. problem solver. And if we can help them see what might be the other side of problem solving, it might be letting other people solve their own problems and mm-hmm. being able to just recognize what are the upsides of doing that, what happens if I overdo it, how do I catch myself when I'm uh, starting to fall into these older habits, I think those can be really effective conversations. Yeah, I'll build on uh, an earlier conversation that I know it's a tool you and I both use. It's also sort of that dreaded drama triangle of, you know, you find yourself often in that rescuer space. And what what would it be like, instead of being the hero that always answers the question, what would it be like to coach people up and asking them questions? And let's try that. Maybe, you know, the next time you have a one-on-one, go with an aim of asking two questions before you give advice. You know, you're not going to go from zero to perfect at this, but... You know, practically, try it. You know, try to ask two questions. Yeah. Um, maybe I have next a time. Great, they, oh, go, go ahead, sorry. please. No, no. no. <laughs> I just thought of, I have a, there was a nursing director I worked with at the clinic that I just, and she had the best story about how early in her days as a nursing manager, she would solve everybody's problems for them. And mm-hmm. what she inadvertently did was teach everybody, come to me and I will solve your problem. And before she knew <laughs> it, she had a line of nurses outside her office. And she was trying and working as fast as she could to offer solutions. And she had this epiphany one day, and she started to say to anyone who came to her, what are two things you could try? And eventually, the nurses started coming to her and saying, I have this problem, and here are two things I could try. <laughs> and then in the longer term, they actually started solving their own problems. But for her, it was this pivotal learning about upping her own game to become a coach to those people instead of just a problem solver, which, mm-hmm. you know, I would say is also about her kind of getting her own ego out of the way because our ego sometimes wants us to be the person that can save everybody and solve everybody's problems. So kind of recognizing that that is a, that can be a seductive feeling, but not always the most effective. Absolutely. And that, oh, that takes a moment. You know, I don't think I was ready for that maybe in my twenties and early thirties. Um, yeah, so one thing I'd recognize is that uh, I'd said we'd hit maybe some things around decision-making and team meetings. Yeah, I'm going to let that one go. We'll get to that in a future uh, Voltcast. Um, what I would like to do, though, is, Carl, you've just been uh, uh, 
such a wealth of wisdom. You know, for our listeners, you know, can you boil it down? What are maybe, you know, one, two things, you know, out of this conversation that you would recommend to our listeners that if they want to learn more about this or maybe something to try, what's, what advice or suggestions would you give to our audience? Well, so number one, I think, is, is wherever you can, ask the question, what is the outcome that we're looking for here? Whether it's when you're starting a meeting or whether it's when you're starting a conversation with someone else, I think being able to identify the outcome that you want before you think about uh, framing a problem even can be really helpful. Another one that, that we both mentioned was this idea of using a, uh, a structure called a round where you have people speak one at a time uninterrupted and get a chance to talk and just kind of play with that and see what, how does that change the dynamics within your team? The, an, another one that I would say that I really appreciate is always knowing that I have a do-over. So mm-hmm. if I'm willing to experiment with things, they're not always going to go well the first time. And so if something goes sideways or something that I say lands sideways, knowing that I can always come back to that person or to that group and say, hey, you know, I would have liked to have done that differently. Can I have a do-over? Nothing that we do, we hope, is super permanent in terms of, um, in terms of our impact. So, and that sometimes even a recognition or apology around that can go further to bend relationships. Wow, Carr, what awesome wisdom. You know, I'd add in, you know, the, you know, I haven't worked together, the after action review, just the ability to sit down at the end and say, hey, what went right? What would we like to do differently? And if you start from a place of what went right, I find that I'm not nearly as defensive. So ask that question more often. What went right? Who do we need to recognize? So, Carr, it has been just an honor and a privilege to get to work with you again today. And uh, let me just give a preview for next week. We will have Amy Ankrum, the president of Qualtrics Compliance Software on with us next week. She is an expert in setting strategy for a company, driving a great culture, and be able to achieve amazing results. So I have been it's just been an awesome honor to be with you this week. So thanks again for listening. You can reach me at Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Our website is www.voltageleadership.com. You can like me on Facebook at Voltage Leadership. Connect with me on LinkedIn at Jeff Smith Voltage Leadership Consulting. Follow me on Twitter at JMU Jeff. Again, you've been listening to Illuminating Leadership. We'll be back on next week with Amy Ankrum at 1 p.m. Car, any final words here before we uh, we log off for the week? No, I'm just happy you're getting your voice out there, Jeff. I think you're one of the better coaches that I've ever worked with. So I appreciate getting the time even to talk with you today. Well, Car, it's been a real honor and a privilege. You are awesome, a rock star in the world of leadership development and coaching. So job well done. Everyone here in the U.S., have a great Thanksgiving around the world. Please make it a great week, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Until then, have an awesome time. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to VoltCast, illuminating leadership. Please join your host, Jeff Smith, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll discuss another engaging topic next week. 